Welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's producer, media guru, and her son. On today's show, we are talking about uh, dealing with older work, and uh, with me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Yes, the old stuff. What do we do with it? I think it's a it's something. Right, and you're actually coming to us from uh, from New Mexico, currently. I am. Yes, I am. I'm recording uh, in my car in New Mexico, so hopefully the sound quality is good. Um, and this is this is a huge topic for people. And depending on how long you've been doing producing work, you might have a lot of stuff piled up and a lot of old records and things too. I mean, files slides, if any of you are from the days of slides, um, you know, um, records of, you know, dealings with galleries and all kinds of things that, you know, you have to, if you get into the mood of, of clearing out or purging out, you know, you're faced with this stuff. So I, you know, I put some thought into it. I was kind of prompted to do this podcast by uh, Facebook post that Lisa Pressman put up a few days ago, and she had this great picture of all her old slides. And she was like, really? What do I do with these? <laughs> because Right. And what use are slides really in today's digital world uh, anymore? Not much. you got to figure out something to do with them. And so the, but it was, it was an interesting post because so many people weighed in on that. And I think there's, I mean, from a philosophical point of view, there's different ways of looking at this. And I thought that might be an interesting kind of way to start because what occurred to me as I was reading that is, you know, what, what, uh, of what use is all this old stuff? You know, how do we look at the past? How do we look at our past work? Whether it's the actual work or the record of the work. And um, I think people are very different in that way. You know, some some people really, it's very important to them to have a full record of everything and their whole career. And I guess I would be in a different camp, which is kind of like, ah, the past is the past. <laughs> I, I don't find myself very concerned right. with it. But, um, you know, I... I can see both sides. And I think one thing that's important is if you've been creating work and selling work for years and other people own your work, you don't want to devalue that older work that people have, you know, purchased from you and it's hanging in their house. I mean, you know, they they liked it and you liked it and, you know, that remains. But I think... A lot of us in our whatever we're doing right now is what's important, you know. Like whatever we're doing right now is our best work. Yeah, I, <laughs> I definitely agree. Um, you know, I think that I, I I hear a lot of people say that as they age, they feel like they're really the same person that they were when they were twenty years old. They're just older, um, and uh, and that's something that I really can't relate to. Um, I feel like I'm a completely different person from the person who was Ross Tickner at 20 years old. Yeah. And I look at the possessions of 20 year old Ross and I don't really have any connection to them. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's pretty easy for me to just throw things away. Yeah. Um, but I think that if you do feel like you're that same person, just older, it's probably a lot harder to give up those possessions. Well, and I think in terms of, of your work, um, I mean, it, 
there's some complexities to it because the work that you did at 20 or 30 or whenever you started, you know, it is, there is a connection. I mean, I see it in my old work and I say, oh, look, I mean, sometimes there's even themes that repeat over the years or here's, look what I did here. Right. It's something I, I've really run with now, you know, and so. And when you, you can put up like a progression of your work over decades, you can really see an evolution taking place. And you can. And so I, I think, you know, the kind of the inner, the inner part of, I think a lot of artists does relate to their early work in some ways. And you can see it, you can see the progression, like you said, there's, but at the same time, that earlier work, to me, usually seems like steps along the way, you know, and, and here and there, I'm hitting on something that I still treasure, and I still see value in. But just like now, you know, when I was younger, I was producing a lot of work, and I was producing a lot of work. And it's not that I would particularly, you know, want to hang on to it all today. So um and I, I think, but I think as a, you know, as an artist, I look at so much of that as just an internal progression. And I don't necessarily need the actual work or even images of the actual work to understand the progression. But, you know, that's me. And I, I know, like I said, there, there are definitely people who want that record and they want that record to be, um, in good quality and they want it accessible. And, and, um, so I think, you know, we'll address that in this because I, I think there are ways to do that. Um, but well, and it's it's kind of different for visual arts, I think, um, in terms of how do you store that? I mean, when we look at, say, a musician, um, a lot of times we'll we'll see that progression from their early work to their later their later work. And sometimes we like their early work better. True. Um, yeah. And it's nice to be able to go back and listen to, you know, really early Beatles albums, mm-hmm. um, you know, versus their later work. Or, you know, you look at the work of any musician and you can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think that in the digital world, you know, it's possible to maintain those images, um, you know, in a, a file, you know, on your, or on your website sure. where people can go back and see that progression. Um, and maybe it's not as necessary to keep those physical works, but maybe it's even more necessary. It's like having the, the master of that original, you know, Beatles cut, Mm -hmm. you know, stored away somewhere safe. Yeah. I think, I think there's really with a work of art, a work of visual art, you know, there's, there's the viewer in your example, the listener, and there's the artist themselves. And so the artists themselves may not particularly care as much about that older work as the viewer or the listener. <laughs> I think I think a good place to start with any of this is to just try and figure out what it is that, how do you feel about it? You know, I mean, I think people may feel, artists may feel an obligation to to keep all these archives and these records because we've been told it's important or we learned it in art school or something. And then, you know, you look at your your gut feeling about it and it may it may well be different i i had an experience um this summer when you know spent a lot of time just clearing stuff out and doing the old house purge thing that uh, is very useful and and good to do and i opened a a drawer which i 
probably had been adverting my eyes from for years, and it was stuffed with old slides. And <laughs> this is like this is like a nightmare for artists <laughs> to look at this. Like they're in no order. They're just stuffed in there in slide sheets and boxes. And they're in the days when we were taking slides of everything. Uh, if we didn't have it done professionally, which, you know, some people did. And I have to say, before I get into the story, some people were very organized from the very early days of their career. And they would have had professional photographs made. They would have had them all filed, you know, neatly and organized and threw away duplicates and all that kind of stuff. But I have to say, most people I know uh, were, were doing it as best they could and not perhaps making much money in those early days. So you weren't hiring professionals or anything. And Right. And unfortunately, I don't think that Kara will do it for you. <laughs> no, no. I and, and nowadays, you know, I don't have an assistant as I did once, but you know, I, I take all my own photos and everything now. And, and in those days, I was taking all my slides, even in the, the advice was to take them uh, outside in open shade, unless you had really good lighting. And I would take them outside in the winter uh, with snow on the ground in Wisconsin, hang hang the work on. The- oh, yeah. You get that really nice light. <laughs> well, that was the problem because I had to shovel snow away from under where I was photographing because it would cast up a blue light. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, yes. The- gotcha. I was thinking maybe that reflective, it would be like a, a photographer's reflector, you know, and get that. <laughs> but I guess maybe not. It would alter the color, seriously. And so I would shovel the snow. Okay. Or, yeah, I could see or that. Or put down a black tarp and then hang the work on the side of the garage and photograph it. And I remember being out there when it was like below zero. So <laughs> seriously, those oh, were geez. those were not fun days. And I nobody remembers slides with any fondness because... You weren't sure what you were doing. You had to bracket each exposure. And so when you finally got the slides back from being developed, you went through them, weeded out the bad ones, took the good ones, and then you had to tape them around with a silver tape to to crop them. So you just saw the image. Right. (laughs) So it was a really big pain. But anyway, you know, you end up with just hundreds of these things. And um, so I opened this drawer and I looked at all this and I just... I just felt sick. Like, what do I do with this? Because part of me was thinking, by all the rules, I need to sort through every single one of these and find the best ones and keep them and and have them scanned or whatever. That's what most people are doing now if they want to keep them. Right. And the devil on your shoulder is like, just chuck it all in the trash. (laughs) So I I, I did find sort of a middle ground because fortunately, when I I dug in there. I I actually found these file, little file boxes, like little recipe boxes with file cards. And each file card had a slide uh, clip to it and the information about the work. And I must have done this early on when I had lots of time and not so many paintings. And I, I looked at this. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm I was so much more organized than I can even imagine now. But I... And I, what I didn't do though was I didn't go through these file boxes and cross check with all my slides and make sure I had everything and all that. I just thought, good enough. I have these little file boxes. These I will keep and the rest filled at least one enormous, you know, hefty trash bag. So, (laughs) (laughs) and it was so, it was so great. I mean, I was so relieved to get rid of that stuff. And I think, um, 
at the, you know, I, I was fine with, I, I don't even care if I had everything in those little file boxes. It doesn't matter to me now. And, but I think, you know, a question to ask yourself is what do you need? What do you need from the past? Sometimes I guess there are grants and things where they want to see that older stuff. And, um, a couple of people on Lisa Pressman's thread mentioned that they were using them for this or that. And so, um, I guess my thought when I read that was, well, there's, there is some of my older work still out there. And if I ever need to get access to it, I, I fortunately have a few collectors that have a lot of my work from the past. And so that I know of one of us, my brother, so <laughs> he's pretty accessible and another is a good friend. So, um, if I needed to have images of some of that older stuff, I, I could get it. But I guess I'm just saying, you know, I think you have to really question, what it is you want. And I realized when I was looking at all this old stuff, I thought, you know, somewhere in the back of my head was this vision, this vision of one of those like glossy coffee table books. And it is, you know, the life and work of Rebecca Kroll. And, you know, it's this like expensively produced massive uh, compendium of all my work. And I thought, wow, I wonder. Right, all of these glossy images of uh, paintings that that were originally photographed in below zero, and <laughs> right, it's such... reproductions of these amazing <laughs> photographs that you took. At, and it's like it's like my retrospective at... catalog, you know. And yeah, yeah. And I suspect, <laughs> I suspect a lot of artists have that same book in the back of their brains. And I thought, you know, what are the chances of that even ever happening? And if it did. Uh, I think one or two images from my past would probably suffice. <laughs> so anyway, I let it go. It's in the trash. Um, and, but it, it really, you know, that experience and then reading what people were saying on Facebook about their slides and stuff, it really started to make me think, okay, you know, how do you deal with this stuff on a practical level beyond the kind of emotional, what do I need to hang on to? Um, because, you know, like I said, everyone's different and you may want to hang on to things that I wouldn't, but, um, so as far as slides go, I mean, that's digitize. I mean, have them scanned. Professional people can do that for you or there are machines you can buy. And, um, that's, that's the practical answer. If you, if you do want to keep those images, um, Right. But even at that point, um, you know, in, in terms of keeping digital images, um, you should have them stored in, you know, multiple locations mm -hmm. online and offline. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've I've lost a lot of photos over the years because computers died or, right. um, you know, something like that happened. And, you know, it, it kind of feels like, you know, Google and Facebook are going to be here forever, but we don't really know that for a fact. So... You know, if you're going to have only digital photos, you know, you should have them in, in multiple locations. Yeah, you're right. And that, so that, that's the, you know, also like nice segue into the category of photos because we do need to think about photos and, and that's, you know, pretty much everybody nowadays is using photos, not slides. So, um, thinking about, keeping at least one raw image of everything. And I do that as much as I can. I have a camera that will take the raw file and I have a camera that will take the raw file and I'll, I'll save that on an external hard drive um, and also in the cloud. And so 
you know, I think, I think photography is getting like it's entering this kind of slippery slope. And I know I'm on it where the iPhone is such a good camera that I'm, I'm less and less likely to get out my good 35 millimeter and set up lights and do all that stuff. And I'm, I'm kind of in a place right now where I'm not sure if it's, if iPhone photos are okay. They sure look really great and they're pretty big files, but I'm still trying to keep up with the official, you know, way of doing it where you, you have something taken with a 35 millimeter camera. And usually, you know, I set up uh, color corrected lights and all that stuff and, and try to do a really good job with at least one image of most everything. You know, I don't do that with every single right. little work on paper or whatever, but the, the main paintings, I try to keep up with it. It's, it's hard. And I know some people hire professionals and that's really great. So you can hire a professional to come in and set up and shoot 10 paintings or something. Um, I've never found anyone that I thought did a really good job. I've kind of looked at one point, but I've done it myself. And I think a lot of artists do it themselves and, we just do the best we can. Um, there's a lot to photographing artwork that I, I'm afraid I don't know that much about it, you know, and I, maybe sometime we can get somebody on the podcast that does and it would be interesting. And then I'll feel totally inadequate. But <laughs> honestly, I think. Right. Well, I mean, most of the photography I do is, is stuff for building websites and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and uh, when I upgraded, um, you know, to a, a smartphone, um, you know, pretty quickly I decided that the, the thing to do was to get one with a really good camera. Um, and I landed on the, uh, the iPhone eight plus at the time, um, and, uh, decided to, uh, you know, use that instead of my, my DSLR digital camera. Yeah. Um, but you know, when I've interacted, interacted with, professional photographers they're still using you know a big camera sure. um they're not they're not just taking photos on an iphone right and photographing artwork is a little bit more complicated than just taking images for you know product images for a website sure and i you know i i kind of wonder over time as more and more people only use their camera phones um their phone cameras um you know Will standards change somehow? I don't know. I mean, there's so many things that are up in the air. I do think that I have an iPhone 7. I do think it takes really good images. And, you know, that, that's why, that's why there's this little bit of a conflict. Like you're saying, the pros still use the different camera. And, you know, I don't know. Anyway, I don't have the answer on that. I, I mean, the, the camera on your iPhone is better than the first digital camera that you were taking artwork images mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but the the current technology on the DSLR is still still much better than what you're going to get in, in any smartphone. Yeah. Um, and that's and you a big part of that too is just the the kind of the filter options and the the how how you can get into the white balance and really adjust. Um, you know, to get a perfect image, you have a lot more options on, a, you know, a full-size camera than you do on your iPhone. It's true. and But, I, you know, I think, I think the truth is that a lot of artists don't have that knowledge. And we're, myself included, and, you know, 
it's a bit of an uncomfortable yeah, su- I, subject. I think I take better photos with my iPhone than than with my DSLR because I'm not a professional. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. If you if you're messing around with things you don't really understand, it, it's a problem. And I, it's an uncomfortable subject for me because I feel like I should know more about it. But I, I've gotten as far as I have without that. So I guess it's going all right. But I'm sure there are people that really know what they're doing that that would have criticism of that. And it's, it's just kind of, it's hard because, you know, we're, most of us in the art world are not professional photographers. <laughs> you know, we're just, we're painters or something. And we're just, we have to figure out so many things from marketing and from documenting and all these things that I think, I think we just do the best we can, honestly. <laughs> but anyway, um, right. So that's, that's kind of the wrap up on photography. And, and like I said, uh, it would be good to probably get somebody who could make us all feel inadequate and tell us exactly how to do this. But anyway, um, I just think you do need to protect your photos. And as you said, make sure they're, they're backed up and, and all that. Um, and I, th- yeah. And I would also say, uh, you had mentioned before that you, you store your photographs on, on an external hard drive. Um, and you know, hard drives fail too. Right. And if you're going to do external hard drives or flash drives, you want to have multiples and then over time that data can degrade. So you want to take your older ones and transfer them to, to newer drives, mm-hmm. What about um, which is not too expensive as they get less and less, they get, they get cheaper and cheaper. The thumb drives. What about so. in the cloud? Like, um, you know, I use ca- um, in the cloud. You're kind of you're you're trusting that the the service that is the cloud storage service is going to be there in ten years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I think that there's a pretty good chance that Facebook and Google will be around, but we don't know that for sure. Yeah. Um, and so you 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 want to you know again store in more than one place, and if there's any indication that that cloud storage is going to go away you want to move those files elsewhere yeah you you would or copy them you hope to they another would, location you hope they would give you some warning but i guess you never know i use carbonite and right you know. and you know if there's ever like an emp or something then all that stuff goes away but so does the rest of civilization so that's probably okay. not like the biggest nobody concern. will care about for <laughs> sure nobody will care about your old work then but anyway okay so that's kind of photos um and then I want to talk a little bit about the actual work because most of us have uh, some shelves in our studio with some old stuff on them. And this is work that, you know, you never managed to sell or it was at a gallery and came back to you or for whatever reason, there it sits. And this is another big kind of um, area that people get a little, you know, they feel kind of nervous about, oh, what am I doing with all this stuff? And I think especially at a certain age, you start to wonder, what am I leaving to, say, my son to deal with, <laughs> for example? This is a valid concern. <laughs> so um, uh, one of the things I do is paint over stuff. And, you know, that's I, I never worry about that. If I uh, especially with cold wax medium, all you do is kind of you soften up the surface of your old work. It's not varnished or anything and just paint over it. And they make some great foundations for new painting. So that that's something a lot of my, my panels get reused or recycled that way. I don't think that works for every art form at all, but it does for me. Uh, another thing I did, this has been quite a few years ago now, but I did hold a studio sale and I had a lot of stuff that was kind of grad school work. 
and it was big. It was like big work on canvas. And I really didn't know what to do with it. And so, and we live in the country, so I didn't think I could just stick a sign out by the road, you know, and I'm not on any art tours or anything, but I, you know, I advertised it. I used my mailing list. I used local contacts and I set it up uh, like a weekend. I would just be there all weekend or you could come by appointment. And I said nothing over $350. <laughs> Well, I sold some really big oil paintings for $350, and I ne I've never regretted it. And I think the people that got them were pretty happy. And I, I sold a lot of work uh, doing that. And I've never done it again, But I, and it was quite a bit of work. But I would say that's a pretty, pretty good way to just have kind of a yard sale of your work. And I'm talking old work. I mean, this <laughs> this was not current work. This was at least 10-year-old work. But it was it was it was great. <laughs> um, well, and that may be a way to raise money if you have a, a new project that you want to fund. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if there was something else that you wanted to do that you needed to raise some seed money for, um, that might be a really good way for for somebody to to raise that money. Yeah, it's it's uplifting actually to you know get have some money coming in and. And see that old work out the door and know that somebody's going to enjoy it and really appreciate it. And um, you can also do this in a more formal way. I think uh, people have sort of things in their houses. Like if you have a house with nice big white walls or maybe it's somewhere you're moving into or some some people use a, like a storefront. But you can have sort of a, uh, I guess nowadays it would be called a pop-up sale, but just kind of a temporary sale in a space and it could be your house or it could be something that you rented. And um, again, using your mailing list and local contacts, and this could be some of your more recent work, depending on how things are set up with your galleries, but, and whether that would be an issue where you live, but it's another way, you know, you can perhaps have lower prices because maybe it's older work. And I know this, you know, I know people that have done really well with that kind of thing. So it's it's kind of like a studio sale, but maybe a little bit more formal. Um, well, and I think you make a really good point that there's this feeling of liberation when you move old stuff out. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you want to own your stuff. You don't want your stuff to own you. <laughs> good point. Yeah. Um, another thing you can do with that older work is... So a lot of us get asked to donate work for different things, and I think there's always a bit of a resistance to it because, um, you know, you kind of feel like, well, what? You know, my stuff isn't, you think I can just give it away, you know, kind of thing. Well, maybe you can just give it away with some of this older kind of work. And so you can use it for donations. And to some extent, it's a tax write-off. I have to say it's not much. So I, I'm not sure if the laws have changed, but at one time it was only for the materials that you had involved in the piece. But I think that's changed now. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, you know, put some aside for the next time some local charity would ever ask you to donate a work. Um, and you could also just give it to people, you know, give some to your friends. They'll probably enjoy it. So, and then you still keep some. There, there's always going to be some. And I think you just kind of live with that. I I certainly have stuff that's been sitting in my racks for quite a while. And at some point, I may figure out what to do with it. But um, 
you know, some of my older work that's the multiple panel pieces, I don't even want to paint over that because I don't work in that style anymore. And it's kind of awkward uh, to think about taking it all apart and filling in all the holes and everything <laughs> as they're bolted on the back. So I have some of right. that stuff and, you know. Anyway, I think I think we all have to accept some level of, of stuff, but, you know, minimize it, do what you can. Um, and a couple of other points I just wanted to mention in our remaining time is you, you brought up website earlier. Uh, you can have a page on your website with older work. A lot of people call it archives or something. And, you know, that's, I think that's perfectly fine, although I would also say, if you want to do that, I would curate that the same way you curate your your main website. In other words, make sure that whatever's on there you still feel really good about. And um I I used to have older work on my website and I I just eliminated it. It I like things to be a little bit cleaner than that. But there's it's a personal choice and I think I don't think there's anything wrong with having that on there. But as long as it's not too much and and well um uh, you know, edited, and it does it right. And uh, the ad- another advantage of having that kind of stuff on your website um, is that you know that it's going to be there as long as you continue to pay the hosting fee. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it it's a little bit less um, risky in my mind than standard cloud storage, mm-hmm. um, because as long as you continue to pay for it, you know it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's I, I I think that it's a really good idea to put that stuff on your website. Um, you know, maybe even just for your own use, if uh, if you were to put it onto like an unpublished page or something, well, so that it's right, you know, and you can being held on that server but not available for the public. You know, and I I use a service called Artwork Archive. I know I've mentioned it before, and there's a lot of stuff that I have stored on there that isn't isn't public. It's just for me. It's for my records. It's how I keep track of where things have gone and what's been sold. And, you know, that's a really good service. I suppose like any service, they could go out of business too. But I would really hope that anything like that that you use would, would give you some warning, <laughs> you know, if they were, right, if they were about right. to fold. So, um, but well, and the same thing could happen with your website in terms of like a hosting service, but then you can always just change hosting services. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, I think uh, I think that kind of covers the website. It, like I said, personal choice. I know some people, some of your people that follow you would probably find it interesting to look at some of your older work. And a lot of current thinking about artists' websites, though, is that they're very. They're very clean. They're very edited. There's not a lot of extra stuff on there. So I think you have to find your comfort zone for yourself with that. Um, but one other thing I wanted to mention, which is really kind of a cool way of keeping your own personal record. And I haven't done this for a number of years, but um, I keep thinking I'm going to do this again. But it, that is to make a little self-published catalog or book of your work and i've used the service called blurb blurb blurb.com and i know there's other ones and you can use their standard templates to make it easy on yourself and you just drop your images in there and write a little text and and then it's it's published on demand so you know you can have some for yourself and your galleries or whatever uh, your friends (laughs) your mother whatever and then 
um, anyone who's interested can go on the site and order their own. And I just think it's kind of a cool way to provide that archiving of your work in a different way, in kind of a, a nice format that people can keep if they're interested in following you. So, like I said, I, right, and it's a, kind of a nice, classy little portfolio it too. Is, um, yeah. You know, I'm not sure if you could use it for you know getting those grants or whatever that you were talking well, about earlier. Actually, um, you can you can use but, them with galleries. I know that you can you can put yeah. one together and send it to a gallery of your current work. And yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So. Like I said, I haven't done one, I think, for like um, 10 years or something, but <laughs> I enjoyed it. Well, maybe every 10 years or so is kind of a good time frame to, fl- to fit into one It of would those. be interesting, wouldn't it? You could you could say, well, here's where I've come in 10 years or something, and and it would show that progression. And so I, I got, I've got it in the back of my mind to, to make another one. And um, who knows, maybe I'll find the time one of these days. <laughs> Well, do you have any uh, final thoughts to wrap this episode up? Uh, only that this is something I know a lot of artists struggle with it. It's inevitable. It's like the rest of your life. You acquire stuff and what do you do with it? And I guess it's just a matter of uh, there's no right answer, I would say. <laughs> you know, whatever you feel comfortable doing and how much storage do you have and what is the importance to you of your older work and of documenting it? Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Make sure to check out squeegeepress.com and www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. <laughs> <laughs>